guys, Ishelle here. Now, I know you all are eagerly awaiting our episode for 513, and I promise it is coming. So, I have seen the finale once over two years ago and have avoided it ever since then. Ken has not seen it yet, of course. And I really want to give him a chance to watch it and just kind of sit with his reaction and his emotions and his response to it without my influence in his opinions and his interpretations. So what we're going to do is a two-part episode for 513. And part one of 513 is going to be very, very different to anything that we've ever done because you're mostly going to be getting his initial reaction to watching the series finale. And then we'll do a part two that is more along our traditional format. We might even have to do three parts because I have a feeling that we're going to have to go into great detail to explain some of our interpretations and some of our opinions on things. So be expecting for sure part one and part two, possibly a part three for 513. But even after that, we are not done. A lot of people keep saying they're so sad we're coming to an end. We're not coming to an end. We have a million episodes left to go. So even when we're done watching 513... There's a lot of other stuff we want to talk about. There are a lot of other, there are a lot of episodes that we want to go back and revisit. So we're not done. Do not give up your seat at the diner just yet because there is a lot more to come about Queer's Folk, not just over at the Pink Plate Special, but here at Liberty Diner Dish. There's a lot more to come. But today I am sharing a conversation that I got to have with Harris Allen, who plays Hunter, of course, on Queer's Folk. So check this out. Remember, two parts for 513 for sure, maybe even three parts. So. Be on the lookout for that in the week or weeks to come. But today, you get to hear from Harris Allen, who is very cool and very nice and very Canadian. All right, check it out. All right, diners. So I am here with Harris Allen. Thank you so much for coming on with me, uh, for interrupting your trip to to speak with me about, about Chris Folk and about Hunter and about your real life and all of that. Um, very excited for this conversation. We'll start at the beginning. How did you hear about this project? Were you already aware of the show or it just kind of came as an audition? Just run through all of that for me. Definitely. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. Very excited to talk about the show. Um, so when I got the audition for Queers Folk, it was um, a standard audition that came from my agent at the time. Um, I had heard about the show I had heard about the UK version, but I actually wasn't aware there was a US version at that time. And um, I was on Christmas break when the audition came through. Uh, so it was like right around like December and I did the audition tape. It was VHS back then that we were taping on. Um, I live in Vancouver and the show's shot in Toronto. So I did an audition tape. I was on Christmas break so I had my brother filming on camera and I, I had my mom reading lines <laughs> wow. for the scenes. Uh, and it's, it, it's hilarious to think back because uh, the scenes were um, the initial scene where I meet Ben, the scene where they find me on the stairs. And I'm trying to remember the third scene because it was quite a big audition. Uh, but just, just the hilarious part is that I'm, I'm reading these scenes and my mom with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, it's really like, I'm super fortunate that, that my family's uh, laid back and, and, and it takes a lot to shock or, and, and they, and they also, and they also um, thought the show was a really great thing to be a part of as well. So 
it, it was it was just funny to think back the the subject matter the yeah, the fact that I'm filming it with my family and then I sent the tape away and um a couple of weeks later uh got a call talking about the offer to do the show and did a phone interview obviously because I was so young production right. was a little like more careful about about it but um yeah they they had a phone interview and then got the offer to do the show and and it, I agreed right away i mean it was a no brainer yeah. the, the subject matter the opportunity the character just all of it the writing is so amazing and it was such an interesting thing to be a part of and then of course like when i got the audition i i researched the show and mm-hmm. and found out all about how how well it was doing and like all the all the amazing storylines that they were doing so to be a part of it was a no brainer and i was fortunate enough to to get the offer and then um the role of hunter started as a re- like a recurring role with an unconfirmed um number of episodes okay so, so initially it was a i think it was three episodes um committed and then um the idea was that that with the new character they'll start with a certain number of um episodes and then see how it's going and then just extend it if if everything's working really well and it did and then it turned into be three years of of work (laughs) and and amazing experience and (laughs) and um yeah so happy to be a part of the show and yeah uh, do you how old were you when you were auditioning and Uh, you came on set uh so so i was 17 i think i was 17 or maybe maybe i was 16 when i booked it and then my birthday's in february so i was 17 when i was mid filming because mm-hmm. we started filming in January, so I think I was yeah yeah I think I turned seventeen like really early on in the in the filming of things and then yeah it was and 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 Hunter was written as fifteen and I think mm-hmm. changed to sixteen in when we got going probably made it a little bit more nine. palatable <laughs> making him uh, sixteen still yeah. a tough story no matter what but I think yeah. sixteen kind of hits a little different than fifteen does definitely yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was yeah that was the initial script draft and i and yeah i think everyone thought okay well some of the things we're going to be doing and yeah it's only a year but it makes it yeah uh, yeah it just makes it it's an important year (laughs) that's a very important yeah yeah and teenage years are like that obviously where Mm -hmm. every year is like a decade and yeah that's true (laughs) uh so you said production was where i'd imagine there might have been i know for might have been um the girl who plays Daphne and she mentioned one time that there were like certain areas that she couldn't go to. Did you have something similar? Oh, um, right. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was mentioning that, that, that production was, they were, they were more um, considerate and careful about what they were presenting to people that were young. Right. So, and also with filming and everything, making sure that everything was legal and, uh, along the lines and then and, and they you know they they were concerned with um the morality of things and just taking care of the young talent and uh making sure that that they were handling it in a way that was was going to be healthy for everyone um i don't remember like all of the sex scenes were closed sets but during filming i don't remember being like cut off from certain things i mean so many of the scenes I did were like, <laughs> like yeah. way, like the, 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 well, the first, so for the first, like the first day on set was the scene where Hunter comes out of the bathroom 
naked. So that was the first, very first scene we <laughs> wow. shot. So mm-hmm. that's a real icebreaker for uh-huh. for everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. So from that point on, like it was, I mean, the the subject matter that I was written into was such that it, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't cut off from from those the things that were in the scenes that I was in. But I'm trying to think because then, of course, with the storyline with Hunter's girlfriend Callie and and we had scenes and things like that, but. But that was uh, season four, so I think it was yeah. And you're five. older at that point, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everything kind of like became. But yeah, it was a cr- pretty crazy like the first day on set. But um, I have to add that like the crew and the cast and the production of that show was so considerate mm-hmm. and mindful, and even having that be the first scene on a set, I have always felt comfortable and safe and. Um, Hal and and Robert Gant always, you know, were great support, and um, it was it was amazing to have them as my scene partners in most of the the journey. So dealing with some of these things, uh, it made it easier, obviously, to to feel comfortable and and work together on the scenes to make everything make sense. Yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, in it's kind of funny because in a lot of ways hunter has like the grittiest and most taboo story <laughs> and for yeah. you to be the the as an actor the one who's like the most protected and the, that they're most considerate of um that's pretty interesting yeah interesting to hear. that's true that's true yeah there were so many things that, like you said the grittiness or there were so many things where as hunter, like i had a lot of uh small stunts i'll talk a little bit about that actually like just in in general, like for instance, uh, one of the early on scenes was the scene where I get beat up in the snow and that's outside. We're outside. It's real snow. And it's obviously it's a like choreographed, but like that was a scene where I'm like supposed to fall. Like I get beat up and then I'm in the snow and we just did that over and over again. Or uh, there's a scene later in the, in the series where uh, I get thrown against the lockers at school. And that was interesting because that was like a stunt as well. And I had this uh, back protector. It's like kind of like a backpack that you wear with like a hard plastic shell. And so that's how I like did that, the scene where I get thrown against the actual lockers. So there's a lot of like physicality and things like that. Yeah, you never really think about this because we, as the audience, we watch this show and it's so real life, not only because of the stories, but just the way you guys portray these characters. It's so real to life. And so I don't even think about it being stunt work. (laughs) And that's actually, actually, I wonder, is that... As a viewer, do you like knowing these details or would you rather be like uninformed? I like knowing them after the fact. So, okay. Okay, great. I, yeah. Yeah. so I think right now is a good time to hear those things. Perfect. Yeah. yeah I like so, to know it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Because I'm, I'm open to give any details about how we <laughs> made it or the production or the stunts. But as a viewer, I can sympathize too because I for the realness of watching it, maybe it takes away from it, but I know. Well, yeah, I'm kind of weird like that where I stay submerged in whatever fake world I'm in <laughs> and so That's while great. I'm watching the show I just do that and then yeah. then later on I'll, I might watch behind the scenes stuff or I might cool. watch interviews or things like that but while I'm watching the show I try to just stay in it stay in that nice. world yeah me too but but as a viewer I as a viewer and an actor I I love having all the background information mm-hmm. about how people are making things or yeah. I'm always like yeah, like watching behind the scenes things and thinking like, that's amazing. I never would have guessed that's how mm-hmm. they pulled it off or. Mm-hmm. Or that's why they did it that way. You know, Because there's yeah. so much more going on than I like to, there's like the foreground and the background. And sometimes there's so much happening in the background that you don't think about because you get 
so focused on what's happening in the foreground. So, yeah. so I do like these details also. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. 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 And it's so fascinating to hear about what actors were going through personally as things were being made. In hindsight, after you've seen the, after you've watched the movie once or a million times, but then later in life to find out like what was, what was happening. I also, yeah, I find that interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty pivotal age for you. I mean, being 17, 18 and coming on and doing something like, like this. And I know you, you had done some acting before you got this show, but I'd imagine that is a very, those are life-changing ages <laughs> that you for were. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this was definitely the most substantial um, part at that point in my career. Um, and it's obviously a big part of my acting career uh, because before Queer's Folk, I had done a few projects, I think maybe about six, six acting jobs, but um, the, the largest one was three episodes on a show that's shot in Vancouver called Cold Squad. And it's a great show and it was an amazing arc as well. And I played a troubled teenager. So I had a bit of experience like in this realm, but nothing, nothing to this magnitude. And, yeah. And, and with this, yeah, this, the, I mean, like I said, the, the production and the writing of it was such a gift. Yeah. So you came on in the, in the third season. Well, a lot of this cast has already been together for two other seasons. They've been filming together and the crew's been working together. What helps you assimilate into that, that world? Yeah. Um, fortunate that everyone was really welcoming, became good friends with Hal Sparks and, and Robert Gant. And then, yeah, became friends. And then we also, we hung out a few times and in hindsight, it's funny because we never talked about it. But in hindsight, I was thinking that us like, hey, like we, we would go to the movies or like hang out or go to dinner or something. But I think part of that was so that we could build chemistry for our, our characters partially, right? I mean, we were, we were friends, but early on, I think back and I think part of that was to build the chemistry of a family. And so um, just being fortunate that that they were welcoming and interested in being friends and, and the crew, the crew was all welcoming, dedicated, just really friendly and like, and complimentary. And, and it was, it, it definitely is like a family feeling on that set where everyone is caring and wants to do the best collaboration that they can. I, I was, uh, it was a while actually before I had scenes with people other than, out yeah. of the main cast, mm-hmm. right? It was a while right. in, into the show before I had scenes with people because that was kind of interesting as well. I think I I was doing, uh, I was back and forth between Vancouver and Toronto. Um, and also like I had, I was still in grade 12 at school for the first season, the third season, my first season, the third season of the show, I was still in school. So I was back and forth quite a bit. And then uh, I would do read-throughs on the phone, actually, like conference call read-throughs for the first while. And so a lot of the cast, I didn't meet a lot of the other cast until we did in-person read-throughs. So that was kind of funny as well. And then it was yeah. also like there were some some scenes, like I think the birthday scene where it's like Hunter's like blowing out the candles on his birthday cake. I think that was the first time I met Michelle Clooney in person. Huh. <laughs> I think with 310 and 311, you you have met Debbie outside of just Michael and Ben. You met Debbie and then... Uh, right. Which, which I'm thinking, Hunter probably already had seen Debbie in the diner, maybe, but just never really interact with her, maybe. Um, right? Yeah, because the first, right, the first scene at the, like the first scene with Debbie and Hunter is the diner when Michael and Ben bring him to eat there. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Okay. Yeah. 
and she and they have like a slight interaction I think, right yeah just she's but, you know trying to make nice you know being debbie <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 yeah. and hunter's not really in the mood to make nice so. yeah exactly right yeah <laughs> which one is yeah, he <laughs> he's rude to her right yeah yeah. Okay. yeah yeah but she doesn't take his shit so that's good yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're coming in and you're playing this a very tough character uh tough in more ways than than one uh, so I guess, how do you get, you said you had done some troubled teamwork before, but how do you get into this headspace? This is a very unique character, a very unique headspace. So what did you kind of draw on? For sure. Um, aside from the script, of course. Yeah. Um, I won't go into too much detail about this, but I had a close friend for for years that was in an unfortunate situation. And I drew actually a lot from from that, from what I'd experienced being their friend. And I did a lot of research, obviously, for the the HIV storyline, and to understand that the, for the for the particular things about living with HIV or, or finding out that you have it, there was that research to draw from. I'm trying to think back of of some of the things that I pulled on early on, like the the desperation of the character, the alienation of the character. Things like I mean, every everybody's felt those to a degree in their life, and then and then just embellishing or exaggerating those feelings to dive into that emotion for the character to get an idea of where they're coming from. Like as an actor, you think about what your character needs in the storyline, but also scene to scene what 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 your character needs, and so drawing on those primal needs can help drive your the motivation for. For the scenes and also for the character's entire journey. As an actor, if you haven't like specific things, you can still draw on the primal emotion that is attached to those experiences in some way. So then exaggerating those feelings to 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 make it believable for someone who's going through them at that extreme. Yeah, that makes complete right? sense. So, know- so so like with his mother, if there's deep betrayal and and mm-hmm. she's failed him as a mother, then just finding particular things in life that are that I can that I can relate to, and then just diving deeper into those, yeah. those primal emotions. As I was thinking about the 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 whole arc for Hunter, really, and definitely just there at the beginning, you know, most shows would avoid telling this kind of story, or they would tell it from a place of, of pity, where they just want you to pity this character, and that's not how Chris Folk handled this character or this story arc. That they're it's natural for you to want to pity him, but I don't think Hunter wants wants pity. So with that being said, it's easy to see what he needs, but what do you think Hunter wants when we when we meet him? As we find find out later in the se- series, well the first the first scene with with Hunter and Ben, Hunter's reality at that point, I think he's the, the dynamic between his mother being the reason that he's on the street hustling. I think he has a lot of that tied to the fact that he wants to make his mom. This sounds weird, but like he's making his mother proud of him for making money for the family. But um, yeah, I mean, I think in order for him to get to that point, like she must have, there must have been like some deep rooted brainwashing early in his life to create this dynamic. Otherwise, how would how would she get him to do these things? for her own benefit. So I think it's there's got to be some sort of emotion tied to pleasing his mother in a way, if that makes sense. 
I guess I guess he wants his he wants his mother's love. Mm-hmm. Make, like so he's he's doing things to try to get that, but he doesn't. That is what she has established as him being this is the wrong word, but I can't think of another one as him being successful. Like if you're out and you're surviving every day and you're making money, like unfortunately that is a very warped version of success for him or, or of making it at least. And so, and if she's the one who taught him that that's how you do it, that's what's important. That's what your purpose is. And so if he feels like I'm doing that well, then yeah, it is this very warped sense of pleasing his mom. And and I I like what you said about survival, because that is deeply what it is. I mean, Especially when you first meet the character, he's looking to survive. Yeah. That's the primal need at that point is anything to survive, I think is like what what drives that character in the early on. And that's yeah, it's and then, and then but there's also that all the all the other aspects of it being tied to his mother and yeah, yeah. and she's abandoned. like I guess yeah, in the when we first meet Hunter, he's been abandoned and mm-hmm. so he's it's personal survival, but he has to answer to her as well at some point. Mm-hmm. So then the pressure of that, I mean, if she, like when she comes back and then is expecting a certain, like yeah. you were saying, level of success mm-hmm. that he, he's accountable to her as well. So he's yeah. all, and, he, and he's afraid of her, obviously. So right. Well, and she's constructed a lot of motivation. She's she's constructed what his reality is and how he defines everything in life. She has constructed that, which is yeah. That every kid has that, but it's when you have bad parents, they construct bad realities for you. But that's still the reality, and so he is trying to perform according to the rules of that reality. Yeah, tough spot for a kid to be in. Yeah, for sure. So much pressure and yeah. Well, so he does meet what could be saviors, could be not. He doesn't really know with Michael and Ben. And Michael is very harsh to him in the beginning. And Ben is more welcoming. And we've been very vocal about not appreciating the way Michael treats treats Hunter in the beginning. But as I thought about it, it's like, you know, that's really what Hunter expects. And so he's not as put off by Michael's behavior as we are because he's used to that. Would you say that's probably accurate? Yeah, that that's uh, that is actually really insightful, and and I think when when Hunter meets Ben, he's looking at it as a transactional opportunity purely, and yeah, I really agree with what you said about about why it's not out of the ordinary for Hunter being treated that way. And you're right, he expects it, and then he's built up such a protection, like he's built up all these defense mechanisms because he's been abandoned and let down by his parents there's all these defense mechanisms so like even even though ben is um acting differently than michael hunter still feels like putting up a barrier and protecting himself from disappointment and and let down i think and i think michael's coming from a place of fear as well and the fact that michael's upbringing is quite opposite to hunter's the character I can't speak for for Hal, but like the character of Michael, perhaps feels they don't understand it. They don't understand coming from that type of uh, upbringing because they had the quite an opposite upbringing. Yeah, Michael's complaint is Debbie cares too much, <laughs> whereas yeah. Hunter is like, I don't even know where my mom is. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, yeah they're in totally yeah. different worlds. They've and got so extremes. Again, yeah. Yeah. Again, back to constructing that reality. Their realities are so different. Sometimes, like things get 
like you're speaking different languages. Like, yeah. Even, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a, there's a real culture clash going on between Michael and Hunter. So what changes for Hunter when he hears his status from Ben? And then also when Ben discloses his status to Hunter, what, what changes for him or does anything change for him in his world? Yeah. The common, the common bond based on their circumstance. Hundred hundred percent Hunter sees Ben as a as as someone to confide in, being similar and, and having the same like the same circumstances in regards to HIV. And the and the fact that uh from the very beginning Ben Ben wants to help him and extends um extends so many opportunities to help him and and so yeah, so the two like Hunter and Ben definitely have a bond uh, based on all those things, and and um, when when I when Hunter meets Ben, he's definitely think hoping that that it's authentic, but there's all that fear and that defense up, and so like test he's testing the boundaries of whether or not it's authentic. Like for instance, when 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 for good reason, people say, well, Hunter's so ungrateful and 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 rude to Ben and. That's a, but that's all coming from an understandable place of testing the boundaries and having severe trust issues and and so it makes total sense um, that Hunter would push Ben away until the point where he proves that he actually cares about him. Right. Yeah. It definitely makes sense for him to test the integrity of that, and so yeah, yeah, to push at it as much as he can, as hard as he can. Like, is this still gonna? Are you still going to say the same things? Are you still going to unlock your door for me every night? You know, so totally makes sense. Yeah. All right. So my next question is going to be one of the worst kind of questions where it's like way too long and there's <laughs> way there's five questions in one. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. So I know I had the opportunity to talk with Scott Lowell about Ted. And so we, of course, talked about Ted's arc where the whole crystal arc, which just breaks my heart and we're right on the edge of it. So yeah, um, so yeah but he talked about how Pers- on a personal level that kind of affected him on set because he had to like stay in that in that headspace and so for you playing a character like this and you're young in real life and like you said you're you're still in school and um so did any of that start to affect you emotionally I mean you worried about your reputation at school when they see what kind of character you're playing even though it's acting but still yeah I would say I would say that um I think because well I have a really supportive family that I was able to confide in and talk about anything that was going on that was intense or uncomfortable. The other, the other actors, as I said, are, were super uh, supportive and understanding. And on set, everything was handled in a way that made me feel safe. Um, and then with school or, or friendships or, or things like that, uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised that people at school were actually like very supportive and enthusiastic about it. And, 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 uh, and of course I thought like, well, when I first got it, I thought, well, how are people going to react to this? And this is like early 2000s. So like I was, was thinking like, how is, how are my friends or people I see at school going to be with the subject matter of the show and it being centered around LGBTQ2A plus community and things like that. But then I was pleasantly surprised that, that based on what I experienced, everyone was really supportive, which is super, super um, inspiring and, and uplifting, especially like 
this is 2000, I think 2000, 2003 or like 2001, 2000, 2001, 2003, but this is like a long time ago, but everyone was really supportive. Um, I grew up in the West end of Vancouver, which the high school I went to is really close to a predominantly gay neighborhood called the Davy village. And so my, like there was, there was, there was so much exposure to that world. I think like, you know, of course you get like exclusion in any area, but in that, but in that area, like the, the majority of people are comfortable and like supportive of that lifestyle. So I was like fortunate that that was my surroundings. I think I just got fortunate that, that, yeah. that, that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cause not only is he on this show that very much features, well, it's pretty much all dealing with the queer community, but then he is a hustler and then he is positive. And so, yeah, all these other, all these other things, but, um, you know, going back to that awful question that I asked you, uh, Hunter is a very strong and resilient character also. And so yeah. he, even when, I mean, life has pushed him way down, but he still finds motivation, even though some of it is from this very work place, he still finds motivation to get up and keep going. And so I think that might make it a little easier to kind of shake that off and go home because what's a win to Hunter may be a loss to some of us, but because his scale is so different. Um, yeah. And, and, and well, with regards to uh, what Scott was talking about, I can definitely relate to that as an actor. And I can, there's, um, there's certain subjects, subject, subject matter that I've explored as an actor that has like come home with me or that has been, that has been different where, where some, sometimes the experience is that it's hard to shake those storylines or that experience or yeah, working on things. But, but I also, I mean, I think that age plays a big factor in it as well. Like as as you experience life and you have a greater concept of, of certain things that, that like certain subjects or like, um, because I have more, more experience in life with relationships that actually can have more of an effect on coming home with you. But if I, th- I think it just depends. And I think yeah. it does go with experience. I think, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Being not that, not that it's not like I, yeah, not that I didn't understand what the subjects were, but just the fact that going through more life experience and having like a deeper understanding of these issues, I think mm-hmm. that can have a greater effect on what you for take sure. home or how it affects you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think in layman's terms of so for me, I've never been skiing and I kind of wanted to go when I was younger, but now that I'm older, I'm like, no, I can break my leg and then I can't go to work. And then I can't. <laughs> and so the more that you're aware of what, what's out there, what danger, what hurt and what harm is out there. Yeah. Then you do some things might hit a little deeper. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm 36 now. So at this point in my life, right. Like I, I've had more life experience and the degree to which you're being like consumed by that storyline as well. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, I mean, I definitely felt affected in the in the moment of shooting, especially like things like um, it felt very real in the moment of shooting. So it's not like I mean I felt things, um, especially like there's the scene. I don't know if you how much you want me to give away, but there's a scene in the 
Oh, you're pool. good. I won't let him listen to yeah. it. So you're there's good. a scene in the pool where there's a scene in the pool where Hunter hits his head. That felt very real in the moment of shooting, and I was fully, you know, I was fully consumed by that moment. Like that yeah. felt very real. Uh, so many, so many scenes felt very connected and real, and like they were actually taking place. Mm-hmm. Like that scene in the pool, uh, the scene where. I'm running away from Michael and Ben and they stop me um, down the street and I yeah. tell them about what my mom's been doing right. to me. Like that, those all felt very real and, and authentic and like connected to that exact experience or mm-hmm. the, the scene where Hunter's telling them that he doesn't feel like anyone's ever going to love him. And uh, there's another scene, I think it's in... Oh yeah, it, it's in the new home uh, where Hunter freaks out, and that 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 those scenes all stick in my mind as being like really intense to shoot and 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 real on the day, and um, and they they definitely stick with me. I feel like we're so privileged with the honesty of this show because all of those moments that you mentioned are such like heartbreaking, gut wrenching things in the life of this kid, and then also with this family who is trying to love him well, but the person who's not used to being loved in that way. And so, and he's trying to take it in, but he's not used to receiving love in that way. And so I am ever grateful for, even in the hard moments like that, like that this show was so honest and so brave because Hunter represents a lot of very real teenagers. This is their reality. This is their life. And I think he was such an important character for them to bring in, to write into this story at that, at that point. And I feel like he came in at the, at a really good time. Also, um, you know, when Ben's kind of looking for, I mean, cause he's just had his steroid thing. And so, uh, it's like, okay, how am I going to use this condition that I have and use this as a way to, how am I going to find some motivation with this or, or whatever? Um, and then for Michael who needs something to care about <laughs> because he's got, um, you know, everybody's always taking care of Michael and uh, he's kind of been babied and coddled in some ways. Yeah. And so he needs something that he can, <laughs> you yeah. know, he, he needs to have to be the parent. So yeah. I feel like Hunter came in at a, at a perfect time. So we meet Hunter and he's a hustler of course, but then he starts dating this girl. When yeah. did you find out that he might not be all the way homosexual yeah um i'm trying to remember when they when they decided that when the writers decided that that would be the turn uh like legit i didn't know um that that would be the turn for instance when when hunter meets brian for the first time and hits on him i think that is purely transactional as well i think he's still looking for an opportunity to make make money and turn it into a regular gig. I think, yeah. Like a regular well, and I mean, I'm sure you would want a good looking trick if you could have one. So right. <laughs> that's the other thing. I think, yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think he, yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, uh, Brian's attractive, successful. I think also like he's wealthy, successful. Um, and of course, yeah, if you're, if, if, I mean, yeah, if, if you're going to do the work, you'd, I assume to want it to be, yeah, you you prefer to have a cust- like a customer like Brian versus the other customers that he has to take on. And so, yeah, I think that that was 
that was an interesting scene because without the information, it's like, well, which way do you play it? But I think it was, it was, I think it was purely the survival motivation and transactional and, and, uh, as you said, it's it's a, a more attractive option than than what else is out there for a lot of reasons. So yeah, I didn't find so then so then later on find out that uh, that hunters, I get like I I thought that he was he turns out to be a straight character that then has a girlfriend, and and yeah, finding that out was it was an interesting t- twist. I did I wasn't expecting that twist, but it was it was an interesting way to. Uh, to go that the writers came up with and yeah and uh, and and made it interesting for the entire arc of of hunter falling in love and try to trust someone mm-hmm. yeah so so fascinating yeah well i think it's it's kind of what you're saying like now hunter is getting to live life on his terms kind of and so he's getting to be the person that he says he is and so it is interesting that one thing that is revealed through that is he does like girls. <laughs> yeah. 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 So would you say that he, that Hunter is a straight character or don't I really think, assign a label or not really sure? I wonder, but I think, I think he is. I think, I think he's confused about what might, what he might feel. Yeah. Yeah. For obvious reasons. I, but I think he, I think where, yeah, I think like if it was, if it was now in the journey of Hunter, I think that he's found a partner and, I think he's he's identifies as straight. I'm, I I think, and then yeah, I think he's found a partner and is probably like having a family. And he wanted to uh, he wanted to be a writer, and so I'm assuming he's finding that as a really good outlet and therapy for creativity and expressing himself. And so I do think that that that's probably what's happened. But in that, the in in the what we see of Hunter, that would be super confusing. Yeah. What, whether or not, uh, but I wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we, we don't get it, we don't get it explicitly said, but that would be my assumption. No, I, I think that's you, valid. What do you think? Yeah. No, you, I I think that's a valid assumption. I'm I'm with that. <laughs> you jumped yeah. ahead of me. I did have that as a question for later, but I'll allow it. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I yeah, killed two just, birds with one stone. Yeah. There's a lot of, we see some immediate growth with Hunter and then with all of the characters, there's some, or one step forward, two steps back. Uh, because when they do have the baby, then he's like, okay, where is my place now? And so he feels lost again. And um, I think that's something else that kind of challenges the integrity of Michael and Ben's commitment to him. So what is going on with Hunter at that point, even though he's already been with them, it's still a relatively short amount of time, um, even though it's been like a whole season or two before that happens. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, I mean, again, such an interesting way to take the storyline with like Hunter would be jealous of the attention and questioning the commitment. And again, test like testing them still of whether or not they can, they can um, do both have him as, and, and have the new baby. So yeah, I think just those, those deep rooted trust issues and suspicions about people playing out again in, in a different manifestation and yeah it's it's and that's obvious and that's obviously like a really common thing with multiple children and siblings and and so it's, it's it's an interesting idea to have it with someone who's in their late teens and with a baby but 
Yeah, but early in yeah. season three, he says, no, they're not going to want me. They're going to want the the babies. And That's so Hunter has always known that my competition is a cute little infant or a toddler even. Like, he's always he's always known that. That's so true. In a dramatic way, like, it's his worst nightmare is coming true. Yeah, and so instead yeah. of seeing this as, like, just our family's growing. Here's another person for you to love. It's like, mm, I got to fight for my spot against this, <laughs> this cuddly little baby. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, he does come back, and and I love that scene when he comes back, and they, in a very queer as folk way, when he writes his name there in the, in the diary. Um, yeah, I, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Me too. That was so. That was a fun one to shoot, and yeah, um, that was another scene that felt so real in the moment. Yeah, we, now- we, we were going through like because we were shooting it near the end, I think. But it just felt so real, the timing of it and the fact that the journey of the relationship had met that point. The love in the room felt authentic. And I felt it established some permanence for him um, or helped establish that permanence that he had been, didn't know that he was looking for and that he needed. But it's like he was telling them that he wanted it to be permanent because they had, they were making the offer. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and there and there Hunter's storyline has a lot of tough um sad tragic moments. But I also want to note that there was there's obviously like a lot of humor and quirky scenarios and there are a lot of scenes where we had a lot of fun and the character is having a lot of fun or the just the as far back as when he's becoming part of the family and he's like, they come in and he's like smoking a joint on the couch or like when he comes in with a bag of donuts and like just all these little quirks and like, it was a lot of fun and there were so many jokes within the script and, and within like our scenes together. There was also a lot of that balancing it out too. So we had a lot of fun and, and the character was written in a way that was funny and they, they found a way to create a lot of charm and, and just quirkiness and being a teenager and right. All, all the things that go along with like, it was, it, so it was a lot of fun and a lot of funny li- lines and everything. So. so what is his issue with Justin? Like they do not yeah. get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm I, like, so uh, I guess he sees him as a threat in a lot of ways. Cause when he first meets, cause when he first meets Justin, he's working still. Even though it seems so far removed from <laughs> yeah. like like the, but I think he just sees him as a threat that he's experiencing on the street all the time. Like if, for instance, in the very first scene we see him, and there's other hustlers out on the street with him. Everyone's at competition, and uh, I think yeah, I think he sees Justin as a young, pretty man. That's that's competition for him, and yeah. also touching back to his first interactions with Brian, it's like it, it just is a threat in that sense. Cause it's like, if he wants to capitalize on that, he's got to get rid of. Uh, yeah. Justin's in the way. Justin. <laughs> yeah, Justin's in the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think he thinks like, I think when he first meets Brian, he does think like, wow, this guy's so cool. Like he's got a, he's got a cool apartment. He's got a cool car. He's like, he handles things. He's confident. He's like, he's cool. Like he wants to be like him. So I think that plays like, he, or maybe he thinks like, if I, if I can convince 
my way into this situation. I'll just replace Justin. Yeah, because he really <laughs> doesn't know the situation between the two of them. Because when he first meets Justin, they are at that bar trying mm-hmm. to like trap this dirty cop guy. Yeah. And so he does think that Justin is there working too. And trying That's to right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Then, and then even later, he doesn't, he doesn't know what arrangement Brian and Justin have. And so no. he doesn't know if Justin's some kept boy. <laughs> right yeah Yeah, he doesn't know know they're in a real relationship and then probably after hunter is assimilated into the family it's even without wanting it to be it's probably that older brother younger brother just that sibling (laughs) even though that's not how they relate to each other but it's just you can't help it because they're so close in age and so i think can't help but have a little bit of that competition going on in there 100 percent. yeah i agree it's all coming from that all those all those reasons and 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 lack of information about what the actual situation is and, and then wanting to be like like yeah just wanting to be with brian as as i think and at that point hunter's still confused about his sexuality so he doesn't actually know what he's looking for which is like so common obviously and and so maybe like he's seeing a scenario where he could be with brian and and live that lifestyle and yeah because as far yeah. as he knows Justin has the role that he wants to have, you know, like here's a consistent place where I can go to, um, this person's taking care of me. Like you said, they're successful. Yeah. Um, so from where he's standing, yeah, Justin's living the good life because he doesn't. Yeah. 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 And it's deeply rooted in those emotional reasons, but it's also, I mean, as a teenager, like you would view Brian as being the coolest person with like the greatest lifestyle. And at a very base level, you just want to be, part of that lifestyle right Right. yeah (laughs) especially having like coming from where he's coming from with with no money and trying Mm -hmm. to just trying to survive well in even even though i think it's a facade brian has perfected that devil may care but i don't think that hunter is striving to to convey to the world like i don't care i make my own rules i'm successful in my own way and so brian is also the epitome of that uh to hunter so it does make sense that he's drawn to him and that he would see Justin as a threat because uh, <laughs> yeah, for he's sure. A, he's a for sure. In fact, like if it was Hunter today, maybe he's ended up in a similar lifestyle to Brian. Maybe that's, that's what he was striving for as well. Similar level of success and, and making it. And like you said, making it on his own terms and yeah, the fact that Brian doesn't take any, shit from anyone right (laughs) and they they do have a a similar temperament right like Uh yeah their their sense of humor and the way they're just brash and bold and they're brash (laughs) and bold yeah they say like there's there's a lot of commonalities for sure right yeah what do you think hunter writes about what kind of writer is he maybe he's like like um like chuck polanak like you know the guy who wrote uh fight club and maybe he's writing in that way like I would think that he was he's like provocative and social commentary and just blowing up things in people's faces like ideas and yeah just provocative and Mm -hmm. pushing the envelope oh yeah he's blocked by tons of people on twitter i'm sure (laughs) yeah maybe he's like a jack kirak chuck poladuck hybrid where he or or like uh like salinger like maybe he he's combining like thoughtful calm ideas but then also like blowing it up and being quite provocative about 
So kind of like the writers of Queer as Folk. <laughs> so yeah. they're yeah. doing these very smart things that are entertaining, yeah. but they're yeah, it's very it's truthful music. and honest. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a hybrid between exactly like it's they've that balance between between all those things is makes such a compelling uh show. All those aspects of life that yeah. they've they've they did an amazing job crafting it, crafting mm-hmm. humor, comedy, quirkiness, and yeah. at the time just breaking boundaries and like pushing everything forward. I can't believe that they did this almost 20 years ago. And that just still resonates today. And it took until now to realize how major of a moment that was that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really cool things. So what do you, what do you hope that people get from Hunter's character? I hope that people find inspiration from his situation and the fact that he comes out of it and and there's light at the end of the tunnel and obviously he's so fortunate to have the mentorship and then then be adopted but i just hope that that people are inspired that whatever your current situation is if you don't want in that situation there's ways to get out of it so i hope that i hope it, it helps people Helps people through tough times and also gives them inspiration that that you can you can you can find help and change your current existence if you don't want to be in it. Yeah, I think that's good. What about for the whole show, the legacy for the whole show? What's something that you hope people learn from the whole series? Some of the most amazing parts of the show are the fact that as a whole, it stands behind its beliefs and the way that it wants to treat people and the way that it just fearlessly outlines how it thinks of things or how it thinks of how people should treat one another. And it stands behind those and, and doesn't waver from anything because of, of uh, just, just the, the guts that the show has and the fact that it's willing to stand by its morals. I admire that. And I, yeah, to the best of, best of my ability, I love to be, I love to operate in the same way if I can, right? Obviously within, within what you can do. It, hopefully in striving for that type of authenticity and integrity, that the majority of the time you can do things that, that you feel good about and that you feel like are good for humanity. And so definitely yeah. take that away. Well, I know like life and careers move on, but do you still feel some of that family bond with some of your co-stars? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep in touch with people. Um, and yeah, definitely just like have, I've, a large, a huge amount of love for everyone that was in the cast and crew, and uh, still check in and 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 interact with with people that that are are friends and 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 yeah, I'll, I'll always feel a bond to the people that I collaborated with on the show. And yeah, yeah I would imagine that's such a unique experience. I mean, probably for any. Um, show that runs for several seasons, but there was just something so unique about the material in the stories and the time that you guys were in. I would imagine there's something very unique and special about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that time was so unique from now. Um, it's insane to think about how all that's changed in the world since then. It's based on, yeah, like within the world of media, but then the world of, of politics and everything, like everything's changed so much. And it was such a unique time. I think it'd be great. Like, we need more media that's like that show. 
and we and and it's I'm I'm surprised that there there are things happening, but I'm surprised that um, there isn't more going on as a yeah. Result. I agree with that. Like I know they're doing the the reboot of Queer's Folk, but that's not the reboot yeah. we want. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna support yeah. it, but that's definitely not, su- yeah, we're gonna support it, but that's not the that's not the one we were asking for. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I'm and I'm definitely gonna support it as well. And I and I think it's excellent that they're doing that. And I su- I think that I'll support it and I think it's a great a- idea. I'm happy to hear that they're doing it. And it would be so cool. Yeah, it'd be so cool if they did did even did a re- reboot of the American series, or if they did like doing more more things along this these lines of and 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 and, and evolving them to what what modern day that would look like. Would be really yeah, crazy. yeah. There are a million stories worth telling yeah, and that need to be sure. told. And so I feel the same for as sure. you. Like I know that things are happening. That there are more shows, but it still feels like the ratio is, you know, not quite where it should be uh, Yeah, with the, yeah, representation and diversity and, and inclusion and all of that. Yeah. Don't think we've, we've quite got there. We've, we made strides, but not quite there yet. hundred percent. I agree. That's yeah. That's exactly how I feel. The representation of, of people needs to be uh, in the media and for, for everyone to feel like they can identify with something that they're seeing on screen. So that's why there's just an endless amount of projects that could be developed. Yeah. And I will say though, I mean, saying that as myself, like I, it, it isn't lost on me that I could be doing things myself. If I, if I feel that way, there's things that I could be doing to create that type of material as well. So I hope to be a part of, of creating or collaborating on projects like that as well. Ken and I feel, I mean, we feel like we are a, a raindrop in the ocean, but just doing something to bring attention to a show like this and to bring new oh, people yeah. to it and just to remind people of it and put it, you know, keep it in people's minds. So, a, a, you know, raindrop in the ocean, but Hey. <laughs> oh, you're doing amazing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's great. And I'm sure everyone really appreciates it. So I want to talk about some of the work that you are doing right now. A lot of that is music focused. Uh, so what, what would you call your style of music? Uh, so I would say I do like um, pop and folk music and I do dance music as well. I do a lot of DJing as well. And so my more current song is influenced by deep house and dance music. Okay. So that sparked a couple questions because I love yeah, music. Uh, who nice. are some of your music inspirations? Oh, um, so I listen to, well, in the dance realm, I would say like um, Medusa, Calvin Harris, and then in the pop folk realm or like indie music, I listened to like Bonnie Vare, took took influence from like Jack Johnson, which is like more more old school. And uh, uh, like pop music, I like um, Ed Sheeran, Frank Ocean. Yeah, yeah, so take a lot of ones. influence from a lot of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What is some? But I can see I that, like hearing uh, the the ones you mentioned, I can definitely see that in your music. I like a little bit of everything. I do like folk music. Um, nice. There's this one band that I love, and they do folk music, but it's the kind that makes you kind of sad. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, but they're sure. such happy people. But yeah, a little bit of everything. I love I love some blues and nice. Uh, yeah, me too. Me yeah. Too. Yeah, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm into all styles of music, and of course, like being a DJ, like source mm-hmm. a lot of different styles of music to play. 
like a lot of hip hop and mm -hmm. trap music and yeah, all all kinds of stuff. Or if I'm creating pop songs, I always I always try to come from a place of like still come from a place with a bit of edge or just try to do it in a unique way. I mean, always trying to it just I mean, I tend to write um like catchier, more accessible music, but try to put a spin on it that keeps it unique and has a bit of edge to it. In my, I guess in a pretend life, I want to be like a lead singer of a 90s cover band and we'll nice. be called 90s Nine Problems. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so maybe one of these days, you know, maybe That's when I'm so done cool. with my my little pa my podcast stuff, I'll go, you know, start Good my... you. That's awesome. <laughs> so you're a singer. Uh, I pretend to be. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But so what, when you DJ, do you have a song that's like, no matter what, you're always going to play this song? Um, let me think about that. It, it varies. I mean, I play a lot of, um, play Rufus to Soul quite a bit if I'm playing a dancey set or like if it's middle of the night. I'm trying to think if like there's, which songs would be like every time. Let me think, let me think about that. Like what I tend, I'm, I mean, I'm sure if I went through my sets, I'd see like very consistent. I just know if I was a DJ, I would have some song that I inflict on everyone. Yeah, that you like, yeah, exactly. That you, yeah, I mean, well, for, yeah, so for a while it was Rufus to Soul because I think they're just really amazing and unique and, mm -hmm. and I like to share that with everybody. So was music but, yeah. always a thing for you or yeah. was that a yeah. newer development? Yeah, it was always even like even when we were shooting Queer as Folk, I was I was making music. I mean, um, I had a band called Square Nine in high school, and so uh, when um, when I was filming Queer as Folk, like I would be like playing guitar at, at a hotel or like um, partway through. I think like partway through season four is maybe when I released an EP with my band. So like when we'd shoot the show and then we'd have like months of break, I'd go back to Vancouver and then I'd record there. And yeah, it's Square Nine actually it's still on. It's like on Apple and yeah, people can check it out. And then um, yeah, I've been doing music ever since since I was a teenager. And then um, DJed for years. And then the last couple years with the pandemic and everything, I I had more time to work on new music, and so I wrote new songs and. Mm -hmm. And the last, so when really releasing those songs the last couple of years. So I put out four singles, which yeah. are everywhere. They're all, all, all uh, streaming services under my own name. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel that I'm putting a bunch of other content on. Uh, music, but then also like uh, short comedy uh, videos and stuff too. Nice. Yeah. What's your, the name of your YouTube channel? So it, it's, uh, if you, yeah, if you do Harris Allen or Harris Allen music is the URL. So like youtube.com forward slash Harris Allen music. Yeah. That's so yeah. Having a lot of fun on YouTube mm -hmm. and um, writing some new songs, going to be recording a new song. Yeah. So just going to keep, keep going. And um, the acting industry's booming right now. So doing a ton of auditions and self tapes and yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. Got yeah, any I, dream roles or anything like that? Um. Or yeah, types like of I've role, if not always a specific. Thought about, I've always thought about Vincent Van Gogh. That'd be cool to do to do like a role, maybe a piece of his life. Because I saw uh, Willem Dafoe did one uh, at Eternity's Gate a couple years ago, and that was like a part of Van Gogh's life. It was like later in his life, 
So that'd be really cool to do like another part of his life. Yeah. It would be a really interesting character study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I wanted to play uh like this is this is actually a while ago. I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but I wanted to play Connor McGregor for a while because he's so interesting as a personality. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think like but I don't know if I want to do that anymore. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it. But for a while I was like I was like I was like studying him and like thinking like he's such a like he's such a larger than life personality that I thought like that would be a really interesting character study. Yeah. So that would be interesting, but I don't know I don't know yet if I, I don't know yet, right now if I still feel like doing it, but that was yeah. a character that 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 seemed interesting. What makes something interesting to you is it kind of just like the right thing clicks when you are you do you look for certain types of auditions or take it all and then just um, certain things stand out yeah I'm open to a lot of different mediums so I take like a, I take a lot of auditions and see what I can do with them because also I like I like doing drama but I also like comedy and and so I've been taking like this opportunity to audition for a bunch of different roles and and whatever it may be um so I'm open to it but uh it has to be like it has to be a good script or a great concept or something that's interesting. Like I did a episode of a million little things last November. Yeah. I saw that. And that was I got really my good. mom oh, watching that show. That's awesome. It's a great <laughs> yeah. show. Uh-huh. And that was a lot of fun. I got to play drums and that, so that was like, that was a fun aspect of it. Um, and that's a great project. So being a part of it, even in a small way is super fun um, and, and great show. I'm glad you're, you're into it. So yeah, just looking for opportunities to try different things. Yeah, like even like if I say like the Conor McGregor thing, it's like even if it's like looking at roles where it doesn't have to be somebody that I like necessarily, if I was going to play like a character that's that's re- a real person, right? If I was mm-hmm. going to take on that, it doesn't have to be someone where I agree with what they're doing or I think they're like a great person. It just has to be something where the work would be interesting to play. Right? Yeah. Like there's this classic thing that as an actor, you don't judge your characters or you don't think, you never think of it existentially. You always think of it as that character. So playing characters that are imperfect or flawed or provocative or unlikable even to an extent, it's more, it's more interesting about just playing that character and that experience of like, like take the Joker for instance. Like it's somebody right. that we don't. You know what I mean? It's an unlikable yeah, character. But you but hate like, to love him. Or yeah, you exactly. Love to hate him and, yeah. Exactly. And there's <laughs> like and 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 like they find a way to sympathize. You find a way to sympathize with that character. Or mm-hmm. you, they, so so that's like a prime example of like somebody who's um, flawed. And, but but right as an actor, that's so interesting, and mm-hmm. that's so much that's so like fulfilling to explore and gives you so much to work from. Whereas a character that maybe is just like, like a more simple character that wouldn't be as exciting to explore. Right. Right. Like the, the, yeah. If it's a personality that's not as like multifaceted or. Yeah. Not as complex. And yeah. Where you've got to find those layers and figure out when to to peel back, which one. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why Hunter was such a treat to play because there's so much going on there. And there's so many interesting motivations and yeah. Well, yeah. It seems like all the things that interest you are about a character, those can be found in in Hunter. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so yeah. For sure. So yeah. it's a, dre- a dream come true for mm-hmm. sure. And and it's uh, 
that's that's what I look for. And there's always something you can do. Like there's always with with anything that's well written, there's always something that you can find from it. They also say that there's like that classic cliche, like there's no small part, only small actors. And it's like it's totally true. I mean, it's what you make out of it. Or on the page, it could be smaller and it turns into something like you turn it yeah. into something that's really interesting to watch. You raise an eyebrow here, do a weird gesture yeah. there, and all yeah. these little inflections that you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's mm-hmm. always opportunity to inject a character, which is cool. Yeah. Well, Harris, thank you so much. This yeah. has been very fun. I felt woefully unprepared, but. Oh, no worries. Me <laughs> but too. You have been incredible. Oh, thanks. No worries. And well, this yeah. It's been very fun for me. Oh, me too. Really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty normal. I think we all feel, I think we all feel unprepared. Yeah, but I'm like, you just yeah. do it anyway. <laughs> Give it your yeah. best shot. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah I, was, I had this phrase, I was ready for anything, prepared for nothing. <laughs> but even yeah, though, I, I mean, even though, that. like, yeah. yeah, happy to be part of it. And I'm glad you asked.